Dirty Panties podcast contains explicit discussions of sexuality and is not recommended for listeners under the age of 18. Welcome to Dirty Panties podcast. I'm your host, Venus Valentine. This time, we're going to be digging into the personal life of beautiful BBW adult star, Alexis Allure. You may remember Alexis from a previous mini-episode in which she talked to us about appearing in the Polly Shore film, Guest House. This time, we'll be digging deep into Alexis's personal life and getting some pretty juicy stories. Shall we begin? Hi, Alexis. Hi. Hi. Um, so the first question I ask is, do you remember how we met? Oh, yeah. I think we met because we were talking on Twitter, and you said you were coming to Vegas, and I was like, oh, we should hang out. And we went to the casino and yeah. just, like, had a drink. And I also remember something funny that you had, like, almost won on one of the machines yes. that broke. Yes. Oh, my God. And one of the people came over to, like talk to you while they were fixing it and it was a big thing it was god it was such a weird night you know that big shooting happened um and it was about a year after that big shooting happened and they had a like a electronic like you press a button for do not disturb they don't have the sign it was like automated fancy so i pressed that button and i generally don't like to have housekeeping come in every day because like you know, I was doing some photo shoots in there. And so I just had all my lingerie out, my ring light and sex toys. And I just sort of like, it wasn't dirty. I'd been there like less than 24 hours, but I'm taking a nap and there's banging at the door and it's like security open up. And I'm like naked and I'm burning a candle and I'm like, there's shit toys, sex toys everywhere. And I'm like, Oh my God, they, they see me. I'm a woman traveling alone. They think I'm an escort because this was at the point where hotel staff were being told to keep an eye out for trafficked women, which often are independent escorts who are only trafficking themselves and working consensually, right? So I'm like, oh my God, I'm staying here by myself and I look out of place and like they think I'm a hooker and like, and if they see all this stuff, it's going to be a problem. So I'm like hiding everything and I get dressed and I open the door And I was like, hi, can I help you? Thinking that they're going to escort me out. And they're like, ma'am, you left your do not disturb sign on for 24 hours. We're doing a wellness check. And I'm like, I'm fine. And I like, I immediately threw up and they left, but I like threw up. I was so anxious. That was crazy. Yeah. I had no idea that was their new policy. And when you told me that, I was like, that would freak me out too. No, it's really, yeah. Because I thought that I had been targeted and apparently I hadn't, that it's like the upscale casinos because it was at Mandalay Bay that the guy like stockpiled all the weapons and he didn't let housekeeping in for three days. So now it's like, you have to accept housekeeping like every single day. And it's not like that if you stay downtown at the cheaper places they don't give a fuck yeah. they love if you don't want housekeeping they're like cool so um that was brutal and then I went to see my favorite musician George Clanton play and this is a whole long story but this was the night we met 
And he had literally broken his leg during the tour oh my God, two days before because he crowd surfs and, you know, there's a mosh pit and he had jumped off the stage and like someone had not caught him like on purpose or something horrible like that. So his leg was horribly like compound fracture. So he decided to finish the tour because there was two more dates. One of them was Vegas. I had flown to Vegas from California for the show. This oh is before God. I lived here. And he played the show in a wheelchair <laughs> on a ton of pain meds. And then at the end of the last song, he stood up in his hospital pants, shirtless, on his good leg and threw his arms in the air. And there were these giant neon lights flashing God in the background. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, that made it worthwhile, but I felt so bad for him. <laughs> so I had just been, like, harassed by security. And I saw my favorite artist play on a lot of drugs in a lot of pain. And then, yeah, we we had a drink at the Harder. Oh, yeah, no. And then I was like, okay. Oh, that day. God, that day was crazy. Didn't you get an impromptu tattoo that day? Yeah, I got the tattoo on my forearm that says fortune favors the bold that day too. And I was doing a lot of prosperity work with Jupiter, the god, the planetary god. And I was like, today's the day that I'm going to get my big win on the slot machine because I made this, like, I got this tattoo offering to Jupiter and it's a Thursday. And I was like, it's doing all this big gambling money magic. So, like, I'm playing slots waiting for you to show up for us to get our drink. And, like... Yeah, like I got this like 10 bonus spins and it's spinning and it's spinning and it's like one after another, everything's falling into place. And then the screen fucking blacked out. And I was like, what the fuck? And so I called over the attendant and she's like, oh, yeah, they'll just turn it off and on. It'll be fine. Blah, blah, blah. And like the, I broke the machine. <laughs> it was like the casino. Out of commission. The casino magic was stronger than my magic. Like. <laughs> It was, yeah, they like, they literally could not get it to turn off again. And they reimbursed me. They were like, how much money was in it? And I was like, 20 bucks. I should have lied and said 100, but like, whatever. I just. I remember her coming over to ask you how much money had been in it. I know, but like, I don't think that anyone actually puts $100 in a slot machine at a time. Maybe I'm wrong. I wanted it to be believable. And I think I actually did have $20 in it. So, yeah, you met me when I was like, had just gotten a tattoo, had just gotten harassed by security, had gone to this concert, had broken a slot machine, and I'm like, hi! And I was flying back to Cali the next morning. <laughs> and so that was a... Yeah, it was interesting, and, and we gossiped and had fun, and then I moved. I unex did not expect to move here six months later, but... Yeah, it wasn't that long after. Yeah, because I met you in May of 2019, and then I moved here in September. So that was four months later, shit. Yeah, so anyway, thank you for welcoming me to Vegas. Hey, okay. your move was a tower card situation. <laughs> it was a tower card situation, but like I'm so happy here and I love living here and yeah, it's good. All right, so sorry, that was a long and rambling thing about how we met, but that was a very memorable day. <laughs> a lot happened. And uh, yeah, let's actually start the interview. Okay. <laughs> okay, so what is your life's work? And you can define it any way you want. Um, or whatever project you're most passionate about. And how do you think that's impacted your love life? Um, yeah, porn is so, in porn and relationships are so interesting because even though I'm in like a really amazing relationship right now and it's the first person I've ever been in a solid relationship with since being in porn who I felt like actually wasn't one of these two types of people that I'm going to describe. I find that when you tell people that you're in porn, there's two types of people. People who, other than the people who aren't into it. 
Yeah. There's people who say they're into it and then eventually, like, are not into it. And they just freak they out just about lie it. And yeah. they just do a weird, like, um, savior complex thing. Yeah. Or there's people who fetishize it. And yeah. they're unable to see you as you and yeah. not just a character that you play. So it's so interesting. Um, but it's also really let me easily hone in on what I do enjoy and what I, when I am enjoying myself with someone during sex, because, uh, if I think to myself, gosh, I really could be getting paid for this yeah. and I know it's not worth my time, <laughs> it's, it's apparent really quickly. No, it is. Because before yeah. I would just have, you know, like tons of just like casual sex, you know, yeah. to kind of like feed that, that need. And now that I'm getting my needs met in that way at work, um, it's, yeah, it's just very apparent when it, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> it makes yeah, me know immediately. Yeah. And I feel like it also immediately weeds out fake people. Yeah. Also, people think that you make, like, a lot of money, like, you're super rich. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, she's super rich. I'm going to, like, use her for her, like, money or status. Yeah. Or, or like (laughs) I said, those people who, like, fetishize you, and it's very clear that they just think you're that person and you're on 24-7. Yeah, yeah. So it's your like it's a fembot. Interesting, yeah, yeah. I think that's really common with sex workers in general. Uh, my ex girlfriend, who's an escort, like when I interviewed her, said a very similar thing. Where it's just like, can we not focus on my job? Can our relationship not be about like? Usually, yeah. if you're a computer programmer, we're not talking about that all the time, you know. Um, so I think that's. Yeah, and I agree, like, when you do sex work and you get paid, you value your sexuality more because you're not going to put up with bullshit. Exactly. Yeah. So, all right. Have any of your exes reached out to you during quarantine, or have you reached out to anyone? Um, none of my exes really came out of the woodwork, but I did notice other people's exes doing it. <laughs> like, my boyfriend's ex, who never contacts him, Ooh. contacted him with some weird question that, like she already knew the answer to or didn't need to know. Just stirring the pot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was just really funny to watch that all unfold. Oh, my God. He just told her the answer and, like, laughed about it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's it's weird. I thought that more people would be having that experience, but actually no. But I know that some people are having that experience. I I noticed my friends having that experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. What is one thing you miss about your worst ex, even if you're really glad you're not with them? Hmm. I think I miss his, like, spontaneity. Like, we would always be, like, having sex in the car or, like, <laughs> in super illegal places. Nice. I mean, as long as you don't and end up I in a sex offender was, list. <laughs> I'm shocked that he's not. I'm, like, very surprised. That's so fucking funny. Oh, my God. Is there anyone you wish you could unfuck and why? Like you thought it was a good idea at the time and then afterwards you're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, One of my really good friends who I was like best friends with for a really long time and he never, in my opinion, like saw me in that light. Like we, it was never sexual. And we hadn't talked for like a few years for whatever reason we just drifted apart and when he came back into my life, uh, the first night that we hung out together, he came over to my house and he started, like, making a move. And I was like, 
in shock. I was like, what are you doing? Like, are yeah. you, is this a thing? And then he was like, do you want me to stop? And I was like, no, because, like, I was into it. Um, and we had sex, and we ended up dating for a few months. And then it's I was actually, when we broke up when I moved to Vegas, uh, like, five years ago. Mm-hmm. And... It was one of those things where, like, either we're going together or, like, we're breaking up, you know? Sure. And he had started—so I have been polyamorous or in open relationships the majority of my life. Uh, Pretty much always, like, I just don't do monogamy. And he'd never been in an open or poly relationship, and I had really urged him to talk to another girl. And he had, like, really developed feelings with this other girl via text, because I think when they met, she was— working in Alaska or, like, doing some sort of seasonal job away away from where we lived. Um, And then they started dating after we broke up, and I thought he was never going to talk to me again. Like, we had kind of a sad, like, awkward breakup. Sure. And I finally had processed that, and then he came back into my life and started talking to me again, and I was like, oh, cool, like, maybe we can be friends. Because, like, I didn't care about our sexual or romantic relationship that much, and... Honestly, I did, like, treat him poorly, for sure, in some ways. And after, like, a month of him talking to me again, when I thought we'd never talk again, he was like, hey, uh, it gives my girlfriend really bad anxiety when I talk to you, even though it was completely platonic. Oh, man. Um, Thanks for... Here, I remember him sending me this text. Thanks for the years of friendship, good and bad. Like, Like, it's over between us. And I was heartbroken I literally I remember coming out of the bathroom like crying and my partner at the time being like are you okay and me being like no this is so fucked up like yeah why did this dude do this to me again and I was like I wish we had just stayed friends and not fucked yeah that was a really shitty friendship to lose oh god yeah and he still didn't talk to me to this day he won't and like I selfishly sent him a birthday text at one point, uh-huh. and then I was like, no, that was just me being <laughs> Just being petty. Just being a little <laughs> petty. I understand. But, yeah, that whole mm, underlying tension where it's like, you know, should we just stay? Once you've crossed the line into fucking, it can just, you're always going to be perceived as a threat, you know? And honestly, this loops back to that other question. My problematic crush is anyone I'm not supposed to fuck. It's horrible. (laughs) Like, I'm not the kind of person who actually will cheat or actually, you know, like, do what I'm not supposed to. But it turns me on so much. And I think (laughs) my worst ex is that's, like, his fetish is, like, shit he's not supposed to do. Um, And I feel like I we were in a relationship when I was really young. uh And I've, like, inherited it from him. Is it sort of like a little bit of a homewrecker thing? Yes. It used to be so bad when I was younger, too, because everybody in San Diego where I grew up, all the poly people were more or less dating each other at some point or another. And it just became very, like, poly incestuous. (laughs) Yeah. It was bad. Like, when I was younger, like, um, my best friend had a fiancé, and he would, like, we didn't fuck, but he, like, took me shopping and told me not to tell her. Oh, God. And then, like, they broke up, and then he and I dated. And then oh, man. we broke up, and he lived with her but wasn't dating her. It was ridiculous. So, oh, honestly, like, I'm more or less over it now. But, like, sure. all my friends know that that is, like, 
my kryptonite is like not supposed to be doing it. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Like, yeah, I've had so many situations too where like, Oh, I don't know. I'm One time I sucked a guy's dick on a plane from Miami to Vegas. What? And his girlfriend was on the same plane. What? We're, how did you do this? <laughs> so, like, planes into... I don't know if anyone else knows this, but, like, planes into Vegas are, like, very overserved. Like, that's just their thing because, you know, it's, like, pay them to give you drinks, basically. Oh, wow. And... We all, I think I had been drinking before. I I don't drink anymore. (laughs) I had been drinking before I got on the plane. And then when I got on the plane, I was sitting next to this couple. And, like, we were talking a bunch. And they were super cool. And for every one drink that each of us ordered, we were served four drinks. Like, I ordered a white wine. And they I received. What airline were you flying? Because I've never had this happen. Southwest? Really? I don't they know. They always charge me for my drinks. No, they but... didn't pay. Like, they were free. Wow. It was so weird. Um, but then we were talking a bunch and everything was chill. And then the girl, I think this girl was on some Xanax or something. I don't know what her deal was. But she eventually, like, felt sick and she went to the bathroom. Uh-huh. Um, and the guy started making out with me. And oh I was, like, super drunk. Oh, God. And, um, I was, like, nervous. But I was, like, whatever. Like, I didn't really know what was happening. Plus, it was hot. And then she was in the bathroom for forever. And, like, she didn't catch us or anything. But um, she came back. And then they switched seats. So I was in the aisle he was in the middle and then she was in the window and she like laid down on his lap to like rest or like go to sleep and I'm just sitting there and like minding my own business at that point and this dumbass dude like tries to I don't know if he like forgets or thinks that his girlfriend is really that out of it he leans over and like tries to kiss me again oh my god and she notices and flips out oh god understandably yeah and like I, I probably shouldn't have made out with him in the first place or whatever. Well, but what happens on the way to Vegas <laughs> stays on the way to Vegas. But for whatever reason, my moral compass is uh, fine with that. But he tried to get me to say nothing happened. And I was like, I'm not going to gaslight your girlfriend yeah, for seriously. you. Like, that's over the line. Yeah. And so, thank God it was near the end of the flight. Because I just kind of, like, they just start fighting. Like, they start, like, breaking up. Wait, I thought you said you gave him a blowjob. I did while she was in the bathroom. Oh, shit. Like, not to completion. No, you said like, you said that you were making it. So, wait, was your, like, head under a blanket or something? No, the plane was kind of dark. And, oh, like, okay. I don't know. I don't think anyone saw us, but we were kind of, like, near the back of the plane. But his coworkers were also, they they both worked for the same company, and they were going for, like, a conference. Uh-huh. And their coworkers were also, like, on the plane. Oh, my so, God. I don't know. <laughs> There's this, this really amazing terrible French uh I don't even know if it's a porn it's an erotic film called Emmanuel from the 70s that has a really elaborate sex on an airplane scene oh my god yeah it's, it's it was, great yeah I sucked his dick for like a minute <laughs> interesting shortest blowjob ever <laughs> I don't know honestly it could have gone real bad because if they had like if she had decided to make a real big scene and they had to land the plane or some shit I definitely could have gotten arrested. Yeah, well, I don't think that her throwing a bit about her boyfriend making out with another woman 
could get them to land the... F- but it's what the- if she tried to fight with me or something? Uh, I think that stewardess probably would have come and separated you. We still you. all have to sit there. Oh, man. He tried That's to... So oh, awkward. my God. Wait, I forgot this part. He tried to hit me up, like, six months later. Of course he, he did. He tried to text me and was like, I'm in L.A., come see me. And I was like, oh, my <sighs> God. Oh, my God, so thirsty. That is... Wow. Yeah. My best friend, Eliza Lure, loves to tell, like, real-life stories of me <laughs> being a homewrecker. And that's, like, her favorite one to tell people. I feel like a lot of sex workers have a homewrecker thing. Oh and I think it's because, like... It's kind of an occupational hazard on a certain level because I'm I'm forced to role not forced to, but I role play a homewrecker a lot by request of my clients. They're like, "Oh, tell me about how you're gonna seduce me away from your wife, from my wife. You're this demoness that like lures me away and forces me to have." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm forcing you to have sex with me." Okay, <laughs> I need that small cock so bad. Yeah, but it's like it's. It's just, it's almost like in psychopathic game. Like, it's like not one of those things that like I'm proud about, but I'm like, yeah, it's kind of fun. Um, yeah, so no judgment there. <laughs> I, I think that you're not alone in, in, you know, even if you don't act on it as a fantasy, especially if there's someone who's hot and they're not available and you're like. My friends joked with me that they were going to like set me up they were like we're gonna introduce you to this guy and be like alexis you can't fuck this guy don't fuck my boyfriend <laughs> don't fuck my- i feel like that's gonna be a sitcom don't fuck my boyfriend is starring alexis allure <laughs> <laughs> so my boyfriend will be coming over in an hour yeah oh don't my god fuck don't fuck him i mean i don't really have a boyfriend for you to fuck right now but if i did yeah um Okay, so actually another, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to say he's extremely problematic, but he has his moments if you've read the book, if you've read Soul on Fire. Do you know who I'm talking about? A mutual crush of ours? No. Six foot, how tall was he? Six foot nine? Six foot seven? Peter Steele? Oh my God, daddy. Daddy, I know. So I, yeah, I have, we both have a thing for uh, Peter Steele, the now deceased uh, singer of Type O Negative. He's so hot. When people he is incredibly are like, hot. When people are like, if you could have an hour on a park bench with anyone alive or dead, who would it be? And they want you to say like Gandhi or like oh, my God. deceased grandma. I'm like, uh, Peter, Peter Steele. Steele. <laughs> Bowie for me, but Peter Steele's, uh, I would want to be in a dark alley with him or in a... <laughs> gothic cathedral or something yeah I didn't okay so I was a teenage goth and I was too cool for typo because they were like a metal band and I only like death rock you know and um when I was living in Indiana a couple years ago my best friend there like was really into typo and I'm like why did I spurn this music it's so good (laughs) um just all of October rest and I'm like oh my god this guy is hot and he did a playgirl spread and like he Mm -hmm. showed everything and I'm just like that big old dick. Yes. Yeah. And he had the vampire fangs. I mean, uh, yeah. That's my real like. <laughs> the vampire any, fangs. Any like hot vampy boys? Mm, take me now. Right. And I also have a conspiracy theory that he's actually Tommy Wiseau of The Room. Have you ever seen The Room? No. Oh, okay. That's I have a, to watch it now. It's another story from another time. But Tommy Wiseau looks like a shorter, older weirder version of Pete Steele. Oh. And with a really thick Eastern European accent. 
interesting. We'll watch the room sometime and you can tell me whether or not you agree. Okay. But, you know, I feel like he faked his own death and became Tommy Wiseau. And oh, like, maybe. You know, I don't know. Maybe. Um, but yeah, I read, I never finished Soul on Fire, but like he did stuff like his girlfriend dumped him and he like wrote, I love you on her car in blood. I mean, he was kind of a real dramatic, awful dude on, in certain levels. He was a real kind of, I don't know what the word is, like bootstrapper or whatever, like very capitalist. And I don't know. He he was a, a weird guy, but man, he is hot. So yeah, Pete Steele. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Pete Steele. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you think of any other problematic people, we can go back to Okay. But I think that's a good start. Um, what was one of the best dates of your life? Um, it's going to be so cheesy, but it's literally Do just it. the first date Fuck I it. had with my boyfriend. Aw, but, like, that's a lot of people's. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I think that's the cheesiest. But we went to sushi, and we ended up talking for, like, five hours. So, like, Aww. we were totally finished eating, and then we were like, oh, we should probably leave. Like, we were sitting at the table for a long time, and... There's this event called Pornstar Karaoke. Yeah. And I knew Pornstar Karaoke was that same night. Yeah. And it was, like, kind of early when we had met. And I was like, oh, do you want to go to Pornstar Karaoke later? And I kind of thought we would, like, split up and, like, refresh and, like, meet later. But we ended up hanging out that entire time, like, waiting for the event to start. Oh, wow. Uh I thought to myself, like, if he can survive porn star karaoke, because he's not in the industry, like, yeah. then we're good to go, you know? I just wanted to throw him into the deep end. Oh, well. <laughs> and it ended up really well, but, um, going really well. Uh, but we actually met on Tinder. Yeah, I remember, and, <laughs> and that's... And it was really funny that we had, like, the least Tinder dating experience ever. Like, we didn't have sex for a couple dates, and... That's impressive. It was funny because I didn't, like, think I wouldn't like him or something, but I just didn't, I wasn't like, oh, this is the guy, you know? Sure. And then the second I met him, I was like, oh, no, he's way hotter than I thought he was. (laughs) Like, I'm very nervous. And I remember just being, like, about to vomit. Aw, that's so cute. Do you remember what you sang at karaoke or what he sang? I don't think either of us sang. I think we just hung out. I remember warning him, like, oh, my friends are going to be there. Like, if another guy kisses me in front of you, like, you're going to be cool with that, you know? Sure, sure. Yeah, and um, I don't know if you want to talk about this or not, but, like, weren't you, like, his first BBW and his first poly yeah, relationship? And- it's so weird. Yeah, um, I don't think he—I think he's the kind of guy who— doesn't have a body, like, truly doesn't have a body preference. Sure. But I'm definitely the fattest girl he's been with. Um, But he's super into it. That's awesome. I like that. And that's another thing about, like, guys who fetishize you is some dudes who have a body preference for BBWs are, like, that's just their preference. But some guys make it, like, their whole fucking personality. And they they have this, like, weird fetishism of it. Like, that's yeah, the only idea thing they care about. about. Yeah. And I can't stand that. So. No, I don't like that I'm either. I'm glad that he's not that way. No, for sure. And I've had dudes be like, oh, I like the fact that you're really sweaty. And I'm like, yeah. everyone's sweaty during <laughs> sex. Like, don't be gross. But, yeah, he's never been in an open or poly relationship, which normally is a huge red flag for me because, like, 
Some of the worst heartbreaks I've ever had were just what I call like a monopoly mismatch. Like, yeah, we don't playing have monopoly. The time of, yeah, <laughs> we don't have the same relationship styles. And yeah. like, I've super fallen in love with guys who just were not the one for me because of that. Sure. So it's been good so far. I'm. We've been together for almost two years. So. That's awesome. That's really sweet. Yeah, that sort of, like, gives me hope because I just view Tinder as, like... I was single for, like, four years, and I, I was over it. Like, I had almost... I think I went back on there to reply to, like, one person and delete it. Like, that's was, so funny. And then, yeah, the moment when you're like, I'm done, that's, that's when you meet the person. It was funny, too, because, like, we had talked a little bit on there and then just, like, hadn't met. Like, we both were busy. And I had deleted the app and then rejoined and saw him again and he was like we i like thought we talked before yeah so well meant to be that's so cute yeah i was gonna say about uh karaoke xxx i actually hosted the last one before quarantine shut down yeah that was actually the day before i started um social distancing i went and i went to karaoke and um I hosted, I had baked these really amazing cakes that had aliens on them, and I went home and I read an article about, like, oh, yeah, if everyone just social distanced, then we could be done with coronavirus in two weeks, and this is, what, early March? So I really thought that if I just stayed inside for two weeks that we'd be done. It would be fine that everyone else would be as awesome as you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. But, yeah, it was a nice note to go out on, you know. Okay, so what was one of the worst dates of your life? Um, oh, I know. It's so bad. Oh, my God. It was also a guy I met online. And not to be sexist, but I thought women were the only people who did this. He showed up and was, like, very different looking than his photos. Oh, no. That like, happens. Probably, like, a 50-pound weight difference. Oh, and wow. I was like, okay. But I still was like, well, let's just be open-minded, you know? Sure. And then he dropped on me that he has children that he hadn't been open about uh. with me. And I was like okay, like, maybe you still have dinner, because I am not the kind of girl who just goes on internet dates for free food, but I was like, I don't have anything else. Trying to make the best of a bad situation, I don't have anything better to do with my night, like, cool. And we were going to a steak place, and he knew we were going to a steak place, and then he asked uh, the waitress if they had a plastic fork for him to eat with, because apparently he can't eat with a metal fork that his his teeth touching the fork has he has some kind of aversion to this i i know other people who have that actually that's it's a fine thing. but like bring a plastic fork or don't show up at a steakhouse yeah that is awkward plastic cutlery did they have plastic no cutlery? no oh god they yeah don't do takeaway they don't do takeaway it's this really great place in san diego um where you actually grill your own steak oh. you order your cut and then they have a giant like a bar of wet and dry seasonings and then you stand at this giant like flat top grill and you you cook it to your preference but they don't offer you know they don't have a plastic yeah that's that's (laughs) oh man so how did that go down he annoyed the waitress so much by acting like if he had just asked her and then been like okay it's whatever if she doesn't have one that would have been one thing, but he was like a dick to her. Uh, and he even said, like, oh, I'm driving a different car. Normally in my car, like I have all these plastic forks. And I was like, okay, like, sure. Oh man. Um, 
she never came back to our table. Oh. Like, we were served the food. She never came back to the table. We were finished eating. We waited a really long time. We tried to flag people down. No one came. We were abandoned. They to the were point. sick of your shit. Yeah. We just, left. <laughs> we just left and didn't pay. Oh, my God. We had tried to pay. We had tried to get a bill. We had tried to, like, everything. And we just left. That's the oh only time God. I have ever in my life um, dine and dashed. Uh, well, if they wouldn't serve you, it then... It was insane. Oh, and then, man. Then we went to this bar, and he found out that I liked techno music. Uh-huh. And he kept name-dropping this, like, DJ or MC who I, like, didn't even really know oh, who it man. was. Uh-huh. Like, the entire night. Like, he just kept bringing it up. Like, uh, oh, when I hung out with so-and-so, this, like, oh, he's super famous, and this happened, and we got into this VIP, and I'm just like... like, no one cares, Yeah, dude. bro, I'm friends with people in the music industry, too. Like, cool story. Like, And he just oh. kept going on and on, and so I, like, let him buy me a few drinks at the bar, and then once I was, like, a little toasty, I was like, okay, bye. Bye. Oh, my God. I just grabbed an Uber or something home, but oh. it was hilarious. It was just my on and on with his hilarity and how ridiculous just digging a deeper and deeper hole well i'm impressed that you made it through dinner and drinks <laughs> i was like hey i'll take free food and cocktails like tell me about your kids that you were hiding oh <laughs> awkward yeah i feel like that's just put that shit on the table because you know if that's a deal breaker for people it's not like you're gonna like spring it on them and they're suddenly gonna be okay with it you know like I personally don't have an issue with it, but like, yeah, disclose that shit up front, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I was going to say, I feel like you bailed me out from the first time I tried to go on a date after moving here was this dude who was like super thirsty and he was trying to come over in the middle of the night. And I was like, no. And I'm like, well, you can like, let's just meet up for drinks. So he asked me to meet him at this really lame overpriced video poker bar it was one of those weird sport like sports bars like a dotties or something it right? wasn't a dotties but it might as well have been it was just like a lot of tv screens a lot of video poker and i enjoy video poker don't get me wrong i'm good at it i win money but i you know it's not really a romantic date setting it's yeah. a video poker bar there's lots of cigarette smoke <laughs> and so i get there and i order a burger and i order a drink and i'm playing video poker and i'm just like waiting for him to show up and i'm like this place sucks and i text it well like i get a text from him that he's like hey i'm here and i'm like okay where are you and he's like oh i'm in the front and i'm like okay i'm sitting in the back and then i text him um god what did he say he was like oh i i'm gonna go in the bathroom now or something he said something that made it sound like he was trying to text someone else to tell them that he was trying to escape the date yeah like i'm gonna that. i'm gonna go into the bathroom now and so oh, oh he i think he said like she didn't see me yet or something yeah like she didn't see me yet or something i don't even remember exactly what he said but it was something strange and I was like, excuse me? And he's like, oh, um, I just found out that my dad is in town and I have to leave right now to go see him. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, can you say hello before like you leave? And he's like, no, I have to go right now. And I'm like, uh, you want to pay me back for like the $25 I just spent on like dinner and drinks in order to not meet you because you would meet your dad. He's like, I'll make it up to you later. I'm like, uh, no, I don't think so. And then I texted you being all like, this motherfucker. 
And, like, my pictures are honest, so it's like, you know what I look like. Other girls were talking about that the other day, being, like, uh, about online dating, being, like, you remember that I'm fat, right? Like, are you sure you know how fat I am? I always feel like I have to double, I always feel like I have to double check, like, yeah, like, are you cool with me being fat? Are you into me being fat? Is this a thing? And, like, I not only, like, have honest photos, I always write, like, I am fat. If you are not into me being fat, let us not meet up. My Twitter, or my Tinder literally says, fat babe, whale emoji. Like, that's not part of my description. Like, I don't even care. It's so stupid, but we even have to. I know it. that it's this whole guessing game. And, like, when I was 18, no, I was not 18. I was 22. I had just gotten out of college, and I went on two dates with this guy, and then he just stopped replying to my text. And I was still pretty young and naive then. Um, but I remember he changed his online dating profile to say, like, you know, it's okay if you're chubby, but I'm not into super fat girls. Oh, my God. What and, a loser. And I was just like, ouch. You know, because I don't know, I was maybe like a size 20 then. I don't know that I was like morbidly obese, but I was big enough that he was. <sighs> yeah. So anyway, that was that was such a like demoralizing and then you picked me up and we went to 80s night and I saw my crazy gay Greek friend and oh I remember that yeah yeah Yanis he's amazing so yeah like that turned my night around I really appreciate that um and I think Yanis took me to there's a a Cornish pasty restaurant across the street from Artifice downtown it's so good when like you know life is I'm sure it's actually open right now but I'm not gonna go um, so Yanis took me and bought me Cornish pasty and like a drink. And he's like, I'm going to work my, my witchcraft, pick a person for me to work my witchcraft on. And I'm like, uh, that guy at the end of the bar and he starts staring at him really intently. And he's like, I'm going to make him come over here. And I'm like, okay. And like 10 minutes pass and the guy still hasn't come over. I'm like, what happens? And he's like, he's wearing a crucifix. Oh my God. <laughs> so he claimed his witchcraft didn't work because of the crucifix. And then he told me about how he put a hex on his old whole neighborhood where he used to live and like made all the children and dogs die. And I'm like, who are you, bro? <laughs> like, people you meet in Vegas. But I love that guy. He's just like, you know, we were um, lip syncing to Christian death together at the goth club and we became friends. So oh, that's like the last time I went to the goth club. I miss it so much. I know. I can't wait until I mean, I actually had a little goth club in my living room where I just like a really good Spotify you like play a song and then it gets the playlist they like throw together a great playlist for you so I think I put some tear garden song on and they kept playing really like banging goth songs and I like had my little solo goth club in the living room yeah it was fun so anyway sorry that was long and rambling but um Vegas lots of good stories here (laughs) So, what is your favorite music to get it on to? Mm, I don't know. Portishead. <laughs> You're the second. So, uh, I interviewed Sunny this morning, and she also said Portishead. Tycho. I don't know Tycho. It depends. It's really, like, melodic. And, like, nice. I guess you can consider it EDM. It's just, like, kind of ambient. Sure. Um, it really depends on my mood and who I'm doing it with, to be honest. For sure. For sure. No, I get a lot of uh, Massive Attack and a lot of Portishead. Oh, yeah, Massive Attack. I definitely. feel like so many babies have been made to Portishead. Oh, I bet. Like, 
That's so funny. Last question. What's something that's not normally considered sexy that really turns you on? Like, was there ever something that just kind of unexpectedly turned you on without you expect, or like maybe something that you're like, oh, that's not really my thing. And then it was, or. I was never into like incest role play until I met my ex. <laughs> and then it was really hot. I was always like, I don't really get why you'd want to fuck your brother. Like that seems weird. Um, wow. I got really into it though. Yeah. Yeah. You're with the right person yeah that's such a tricky thing because this becomes such a mainstream porn genre now but it is something that is not supposed to be sexy but it was also weirdly only with him yeah and I've never I'm not into it with anyone else or in general and um maybe part of it was because I we spent a lot of time together when we were younger and I did kind of like quote-unquote like consider him like a brother like for years before we ever had sex oh my god but I don't know it was it's if, if it's good, it's good, <laughs> you know, and I think like, yeah, that stuff is something that a lot of people are into, but nobody wants to admit to. That so like kudos to you. That is like mainstream porn genre right I now. know. I know. And it's really funny though, like the content I see people making where it's like, I fucked my step cousin oh in the ass. God. I'm like, it's kind of a reach at that point. You know? The way that I found out he was into it too is like, he didn't straight up tell me, uh-huh. but I love to ask new partners, what kind of porn do you watch? Like what's your sure. go-to? Sure. Um, so I just went on his computer while he was at work one day. And <laughs> this usually that, ends badly. Whether but... that's a violation of privacy or not. Uh-huh. Uh, it is. It is. It is. But... I went on his computer and like looked in his like porn browser history. Uh-huh. And I saw that he was looking up a bunch of like stepsister porn. Uh, so when he got home, I just started role playing it with him. Oh my. Telling him that I realized. Did he ever figure it out? I, I just told him like after, oh, okay. after we had sex, you know. Did he but freak out or? No, he, he was super into it. Oh, well, good. He was good. totally, like, reciprocal. And See, normally this story ends in, like, and then she breaks up with her boyfriend because she's so offended that he watches porn, which is just, like, give me a break. Yeah, I love so. to ask guys that question. But, yeah, like, then we had super hot sex, and then afterwards I was like, oh, hey, I looked at your porn your browser. browser history because I, like, wanted to know what you were into. That's amazing. And he somehow was not mad. That's great. I'm not saying I recommend this. I don't think I necessarily, I'm just afraid of like finding something I don't. I mean, I guess it's better to know if they're into necrophilia or something. (laughs) But at the same time, I don't want to know. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was like there was this guy. I never ended up meeting up with him, but like we talked on the phone like nonstop for a couple weeks. This was right before quarantine happened. And he had lived in Thailand and like, he admitted to like doing a lot of sex tourism stuff with his friends. And I was just sort of like a little squicked out about that because I feel like the power dynamic is creepy when you're in a, you know, developing nation as a white man paying women yeah. very little money for sex. It's like not so much about seeing an escort and more about the fact that that feels like it's just kind of a creepy dynamic in general. So I was like, oh, I'm a little turned off by that. Like, I kind of wish I didn't know, but now I know. Um, so, yeah, but you made it work. So that's cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah, you said long-haired guys. I also like long-haired guys. Mm, and I, I shave my... I'm a bald girl who likes... I like either dudes who are bald or have long hair. Me like, too. It's so weird. Yeah. I know, like, I've noticed that. Yeah. Like, completely shaved head. 
like baked head or yeah. really long hair. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, that's so real. Oh my god. Well, was there anything else you wanted to add before we wrap up? Um, oh, check out my spread in this month's AVN magazine. Is that a September all? issue? You can look it up online. Is it? Do you have to pay to see it or is no, it free? No, oh, it's cool. It's free to see online. If you go to my Twitter at Alexis Allure, that's Alexis Allure with three X's, uh, you can find the link for it. Excellent. Well, I will, I have not seen that yet. I'm very excited. And you were just, you had a, a little part in a movie called Guest House? Yeah, it's a Polly Shore movie. Uh, it's called Guest House, and it's out now wherever you rent or buy movies online. Excellent. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Um, <clears throat> yeah, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Dirty Panties Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Venus Valentine. Our theme music is Euphoria by Desac. If you enjoy the podcast, I would really love it if you left feedback and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And for a limited time, if you leave feedback and a five-star review, um, shoot me an email at venusstarfruit at gmail.com and I will mail you a very special Dirty Panties podcast sticker. All you have to do is email a screen cap of your review to venusstarfruit at gmail.com and I will send your sticker out. Until next time, stay dirty.